I have just straight fire. Uh, we we might need to split it up into multiple segments or multiple episodes because I just got too much fire for for one day myself. We got a bunch of ideas today. If you like ideas, this is this is going to be one of the podcasts you like. I promise you, I didn't bring in any frameworks or life advice. We just went straight business, cool businesses and ideas you, you probably never heard of. At the end, we just brainstormed uh, TV show ideas, uh, ideas that could be made into TV shows. So uh, I think you'll like this episode. It's a classic. It's a, it's a Sam and Sean classic brainstorm. All right. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I hope we have the new intro music by the time this airs, but we may not. I don't know about you, but I've been uh, jamming out to the new <laughs> intro song uh, pretty excessively, and uh, it's been it's great. It's good. It's good. The guy who made it has a wonderful name. Can yeah. you say his name? Young Spielberg. That's his name. That's a good name. I really like that. You put young <laughs> without an O. Y-U-N-G. Um, all right. We have to mention the clip contest. So we're doing this contest. I think if people want to learn about it, I think they go. So, so if they go to mfmpod.com. They'll see it. If you go to mfmpod.com slash clips, you'll for sure see it. mfmpod, and you'll see like a link. Did you see? So these kids, it's mostly like younger like kids that are making videos where basically the contest, by the way, is you chop up these videos. So just go to our YouTube page and like download the videos and chop it up and put it on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And if you use a certain hashtag, mfmclips, um, we'll find you and we're going to give five grand to some of our favorite clips. Yeah, uh, based there's off already of some amazing things. So I saw a few TikToks that were already past, I think, 100,000 views. So, it's crazy. You know, so their TikToks are, are, their TikTok account is blowing up just by taking our content and just chopping it up. And then the guy who did the like South Park looking cartoon thing, amazing. that was amazing. Amazing. This It's a young guy named Corey who's, I, I followed his account and he's got like hundreds of thousands of views on a handful of videos. And he launched the videos and like within a day or two, he had all these views. It's wild. And then the guy who does the cartoon thing, I think he's launching a business and we are his first. Right. Right. Because I followed his <laughs> Twitter account and he had zero. It was like zero. zero, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, amazing. Anyways, five grand. Go go take our content, turn it into clips, uh, let it go viral. And uh, yeah, everybody wins. Um, all right. I've got a few interesting things. You've got many interesting things. You should go first. I have just straight fire. Uh, we, we might need to split it up into multiple segments or multiple episodes because I just got too much fire for, for one day myself. We, I know what the first one is, and I think we should start with that. Okay, so I wanted to bring this up. There's We had talked about this in the past, but this is a, a story about Miss Excel. So her name, she calls herself Miss Excel, and I don't know if you've ever seen her. I don't think you're a big TikTok guy, but I am. I had seen I this am. person going viral on TikTok. And basically, it's a woman who puts out like Microsoft Excel tips and tricks, like little hacks, like, oh, you know how your um, things are always like poorly formatted? Just put pushed like, you know, command G uh, when you're whole, hovering over the column and look, it auto formats everything perfectly. Or like, do you know what a VLOOKUP is? You do this, this, and this, and boom, you can find anything. So, she basically puts out these little clips on TikTok, but it's not just the content, like the way she does it. It's like what works on TikTok. It's like cute, cute girls, dancing, humor. Like these are the things that like work on TikTok. And so she does that. She's like, she'll put a song like that's like a trending song on TikTok. 
um, she'll dress up. She'll be she'll have the screen screen share behind her and she's kind of overlaid on top of it. And then she's showing something funny that's or like something that's happening. She's explaining it quickly and in an entertaining way. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. So... She's, uh, she's, here's her story. She's a consultant, um, kind of a boring job. She was a consultant and she decided, and you know, there's a lot of consultants and bankers that if you watch them use Excel, they won't touch a mouse. Like they just use a keyboard, like a wizard. And like, they could just do everything just by hitting like shortcuts and macros on their, on the keyboard in Excel. There's actually a lot of people that can do this. My friend who, who used to work at BCG, basically they had a mouse with like a wired mouse that was clearly cut, the cord was cut, and they like it was like in a frame on the wall, and they're like, "That's what you're gonna do here." The mouse. Is That's cut. what this needs to look like. Yeah. You don't use the mouse. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know how any of this works, but uh, I've definitely seen a bunch of friends who can do this. They, it's kind of amazing when they're doing it. So she basically took that idea and started turning it into interesting clips. So she starts off, and she tells a story where she's like, "You know, um, I wanted to like try making some content and." Uh, you know, TikTok, I felt embarrassed because like, isn't TikTok like for kids? And like, it's just like the silly thing to do. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make a TikTok account. I'm a consultant. And then her gut was like, you should do a TikTok. And so she listens to her gut. She makes a TikTok. And pretty quickly, I think like within the first week or so, she goes viral with one or two clips and she gets over like a hundred thousand views. And she's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And so she does it again and she does it again. And then she starts in, she's like buys a little ring light and gets a green screen so that it looks a little bit better. And she does it again. She gets a video that gets a million views and it's like, wow, this is amazing. And so she starts branding herself. Amazing branding, by the way, Miss Excel. Like she is the one, she is the Excel woman. And, um, and so I thought that was great. And so she, she starts doing this and she, she's getting popular, but she's not making any money. And, uh, she reaches or who, who, what happened? Morning Brew reaches out. They're going to do a feature story on her. And they're like, oh, we want to feature you. And at the same time, a business coach reached out to her and was like, hey, I saw you have this like really great following. I think your your content is super unique. Um, you know, and she was like, yeah, it's great. I'm going to be featured on Morning Brew. They're like, awesome. Like, what do you have to sell? She's like, oh, I don't sell anything. It's all free content. And they're like, if you're going to get featured, you should have something to sell. And she's like, OK, challenge accepted. You're right. Uh, I'm going to make a course. And so she decides to make a course. She's never done it before. And I think she had like something like two weeks or something to like pull this whole thing off. And she rushes to do it. Now let's fast forward to today. She is making courses and she is making um, six figures a month off this thing. So she's making single digit millions a year. She has a few days of the year where she's made six feet over a hundred thousand dollars on a day in course sales. That's kind of like her black Friday um, or black Friday special or whatever, where she, where she sold her course. And so she's doing millions of dollars a year and she's working towards million, a million dollar month. That's like her goal. I want to hit a million dollars a month as miss Excel. And she is like, Microsoft loves her. They're like pumping her up. Um, you know, she's featured in business insider. She's featured in like Buzzfeed. She's featured in a whole bunch of places because it's this great story. She's featured on this podcast right now. And so she is doing amazing. What I love about this is she quits her job as a consultant. 
She now works 15 hours a week, unless she's making a course, like, but just like a normal thing. She's, she's doing 50 hours a week. She has one employee, which is an overseas virtual assistant. Her cost structure is that overseas virtual assistant, which I'm guessing is making something like six to $10 an hour. So, you know, probably paying them like $500 a month for a ballpark. Plus, uh, she pays $97 for Thinkific, uh, which is the course platform. And she pays a video editor to um, to edit the videos for the course. So like all in all, her expenses are probably like sub $1,500, maybe sub $2,000 at the time. And um, she's making six figures a month. So she's profiting, um, you know, at least $100,000 a month uh, doing this thing. And um, there was a whole bunch of like different little nuggets in there that I liked. But that's the the overall story. Quick, quick reaction to that. Amazing. I don't think it's going to maybe it will last maybe so that was that was my initial instinct i was like but awesome take it, grab, awesome grab run it, I mean, but like yeah. you know who knows if this is here two years from now and then i changed my mind when i kind of read her read a little bit more about her here's what i liked okay so we had talked about excel way back maybe a year ago when i when we were talking about i was going to create a course and we had done a deep dive of what are the best courses it's always um, excel that, it, microsoft excel is always in the top if you go to teachables top courses udemy's top courses Learning to master Excel is always in the top like 10 earning courses. And I you, think, you know, it's hard to be the Anker, one, but it's a topic people will pay for. Anker from Teachable, he's got a he's a good Twitter follow. He uh, tweets out some of the biggest earners. He won't explicitly say who they are, but he'll say one earner. We just paid their, you know, we, they just crossed 20 million in, in revenue or in like earnings. Yeah. And then he'll also say, like, the top course is this Excel thing. So you can kind of, <laughs> right. like, triangulate. It. And, exactly. And, and I, on Udemy, it, I think I was able to do this as well. I was able to search and sort for the top best-selling courses, and Excel was in the top as well. That's amazing. And um, so I think Excel has real demand. Then the question is, who's going to be the best brand in the Excel space? And she's the horse I would pick. So yeah. um, why do I think that? First is her content is fundamentally better. She took the most, um, she has the best top of funnel. So what's her top of funnel strategy? It's highly exciting, quick hitting, snack sized TikTok videos. TikTok itself is like the crack cocaine of content, right? Like 10 seconds video um, with music overlaid. That is crack cocaine for content. And she's using that for Excel. When all the other Excel creators are like, bloggers and shit like that it's like a stale old thing then her brand and her personality miss excel good looking woman who understands how to do content and um and she i know she understands the content she so she's a little bit when i was researching her she is really into some of the shit i'm into that's really like kind of like off the beaten path so she was like yeah she's like most people when they think of content strategy like especially for 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 this space b2b type of content She's like, it's always like strategic, intellectual, trying to figure it out. She goes, I spend most of my time just getting into a certain state of mind. I just, she's like, I just get into a, she goes, she goes she, this is her exact quote. She goes, the way I run my structure for my business is through energetics. Most people don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, she goes, I get my energy to a place where my presence is truly magnetic. I get a vision of what's going to go viral. Then I run to my computer and I create that. And sure enough, it goes viral. She goes, because most That's content awesome. people, people don't understand content is just energy transmission. Yeah. I'm having a great time. I'm excited about this topic. And so I'm going to push that through the phone into you. 
And sure enough, you're going to learn something, but you're also going to smile while you're watching my shit. You're also going to laugh while you're watching my thing. And nobody else is doing that. And I've read that and I go, she gets it. She gets like one of the most important things about business and life, which is just like maybe able to manage your own energy. But the second part is she gets the content strategy in a way that I don't think anybody else is going to really get in this in this space. Did you the second thing, thing is. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. She now has scale. So at first I was like, oh, OK, but she's just like an individual creator on TikTok and like. Who knows? Maybe TikTok algorithm changes. No. So here's what she's doing. She basically is like, I'm going to scale in two ways. First, she's expanding into the whole Microsoft suite. So it's not just Excel. She's doing PowerPoint and Word and Outlook and like everything that like, you know, a billion people on earth have to use professionally. And so and Microsoft is helping her. And every time they're releasing a new thing, she's getting first look at it and she gets to come out right away with the content that's going to highlight this new function or this new feature that you get to be able to use. So that expansion gives it more legs than just Excel. The second thing is she now hired a performance marketing agency and she's like, yeah, get my brand to grow. And she's like, the beautiful thing is I don't sell my course. I just put one my most viral thing and I put ad spend behind it and people love it. Like they love that content. And so they like it, they comment on it. So Facebook's algorithm promotes it. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of an unstoppable like flywheel. She's going to keep creating this like juicy, like quick life hack type content. Um, then she's promoting it. Uh, that's already inherently viral. Then she's putting a paid ad spend behind it. She's growing her following on Instagram now, plus TikTok, plus YouTube, plus all these different places. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, reels came out. So then I just like jumped on reels and I became like one of the most viral reels creators on Instagram. And, um, so I'm like, okay, now she's diversifying the audience and she's got the courses behind it and she's going into more, more parts of the suite. I like that formula. I was wrong. She's going to she, she's going to crush it. I like, think she's going to get to my bold prediction. She's going to get to a hundred million dollars in sales. And that sounds outrageous. I was about, to say, I was about gonna, to say hundred million. I think she could. I think you could do. Uh, I think a hundred million a year or a lifetime a year. Uh, yeah, I actually agree with you. I think that's bold. I think likely she'll get to like twenty five million dollars a year in revenue and could probably actually do that for many years. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, so I think it's crazy. Um, so I loved, I loved her thing. I, there was also these other little nuggets. So she basically, she's working 15 hours a week. So then she's like, Oh, cool. Quit my job. I'm going to be a digital nomad. Something you kind of did this last year. She's like every month, me and my boyfriend, we just moved to a different state and we just want to experience it. So they'll just move to a different state in America and just like hang out there for the month. And then they hop around. And, uh, the other thing that she's, uh, the other nuggets I like, I liked was she does these like webinars because she understands there's like a top of funnel. So top of funnel, if you don't know, is basically like how you get new customers to even like get in touch with you, get in, get Which into your in this orbit. Case is, it's just going viral on TikTok, going viral on TikTok or Instagram or, or YouTube. Great. Then she has the middle of funnel, which is where a lot of people fall out, which is, OK, you've touched base with me once. And you're not ready to buy something just yet. But how do I actually get you to participate in a deeper way, to invest in a deeper way? And for her, she runs these webinars and she calls them high energy Excel parties. And so she, she invites people to these. And what happens is it's, of course, it's like someone from BCG and then they go and they're like, oh, this is amazing. And then they're like, hey, we'd like to buy like 1500 seats for our, for your course, for our company, you know, like, or, hey, I work for Target uh, corporate training and, uh, yeah, we have 25,000 employees that we think would be benefit from this. How do, how, could you create something custom for us? And it's going to be like, yeah, here's the same thing. But now I say the word target at the beginning and I charge you, you know, $5 million for it. I have a buddy who's doing this, which basically is like his top, uh, he, he does top of funnel newsletters. Then he does these like webinars and workshops and podcasts that go deeper. And then at the bottom is 
somebody from, you know, Procter and Gamble will reach out and just be like, Hey, cool. Like, yeah, we got 50,000 global employees. Uh, we would love to have you come speak at our headquarters once a month. And like, you know, we'll pay you, um, basically like a hundred thousand dollar retainer per month. How's that? And he's like, Whoa, okay. That's like way easier than like trying to teach. So he teaches basically, I don't want to give away too much because I can't say the numbers then, but he teaches like a version of, um, uh, like growth, growth mindset. Are you familiar with that? So so he's like kind of one of the thought leaders in growth mindset. And so big company, like sports teams, uh, like have them on retainer as well as, you know, big companies like, uh, whoever, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever will, will pay him. And they, they're just like, look, we think your stuff is great. And we have 50,000 employees. Uh, how do we just like package this up for all those employees? And then like, guess what? We want to do this every year. And so that turned out to be a very big business for him. And he's just trying to figure out like, what do you charge a company like this? And he'll just name a number. And, uh, you know, sure enough, they'll pay it. And he's like, oh man, maybe I should have set a higher number. I thought that was a crazy high number, but I guess for them, it's like, they didn't even blink. They just like said yes. So shit. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Did you see uh, this weekend the World Excel Financial Modeling Championships happened? No, but that is amazing. I love that. It went viral. Uh, ben, look this up. It's like, look up like financial modeling world championship. It, <laughs> Dude, it went, why did I think of that idea? That's such a me idea to think of. It went viral. And there is like, and you see these guys, it's like all, you know, no disrespect. It's all nerds doing it, obviously. And you see pictures <laughs> of them and you see memes like, this is what peak male performance looks like. Dude, and that's uh, so funny. Okay. What what do they actually do? What is the competition? So they're all like you can uh it was they did it like Twitch. So like you could like uh they like were streaming their screens and they were asked to do certain things and then they had to like in real time like make this model. And I, I don't actually know how they judged it. I didn't pay attention. I just paid attention to the memes. I think Seth Smith tweeted something funny, like this is a gift from God. It like she showed a picture of them on there. It's amazing. It was hilarious. And uh all my Indian friends were sharing it this weekend and like making Indian jokes. And it was awesome. It was so funny, but who, who owns that? Who did you see? It's probably like, you know, Deloitte, <laughs> but anyway, so that was Some amazing. So I'm on board Deloitte. with this. That, that's awesome. I love Miss Excel. When this article on The Verge, I think it was, went live, I had so many people DM me and say, you guys got to cover this. So I was going to do it. And so I'm happy you did. Uh, Baller, I think that um, I've talked to a couple of friends that have course businesses. And my friend Neville, my best friend Neville, he had a course called Copywriting Course. It honestly changed my life. And he made this one course like 12 years ago, maybe. And it's been paying his bills every single year since then. He, and he does other stuff. Yeah, like I he, took it as well. He like updates it. And now he has like a membership thing. But this one thing that he filmed years ago, it's like, it, it's, that's been his career. By the way, 
in terms of transferring energy, uh, Neville is exactly like that. If you watch in the course, he does these like, like most courses are like, here's an hour long session about X. His is like, it's almost like a blog post. And it's like one minute where he's teaching one concept and he'll like, the camera will be on and then he'll pop out from under the table. He'll be like, yo. And then he'll like say the thing. And then the next one, he's got a guitar in his hand. He's like, he's like, if I'm writing an email and I want to get a reply and he's like singing a song and he's like, he, he makes it entertaining and you could just, there's something that makes you smile and it keeps you engaged. It keeps you involved with it. And, um, you know, people will forget the content, but they won't forget how they felt taking your course. And so they'll still recommend it and refer it and, and, and be happy with their purchase. Can I, I'm, I'm going to tell you about a, uh, one or two really quick things. And I, I think we should spend most of the episode on your stuff because it's actually pretty good. This adventure book thing looks amazing. Uh, one very quick thing, monthly.com. Uh, did you know what that is? Yeah. You see, they uh, but uh, ex- explain it. For so people it's who, just who like, know, it, I think it's pretty under the radar. It's pretty much the exact same thing as masterclass, but only for creators. It's kind of cool. I just signed up for my first one. Casey Neistat Which one? is launching a YouTubing and storytelling class. Do you see? Oh, it's, amazing. Yeah. So I signed up for it. So that's like a cool find. So it's. Uh, Dude, how is he not at the fucking top of this screen right now? I'm, he's like just in the middle of this long list. What are they stupid. doing? It's monthly. You know, founders of monthly. I think I've talked to them before. They were, they were cool. Uh, they were like, they were cool and they knew they were cool. That's all right. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is awesome. They're like, yeah, it's awesome. I was like, I'd love to invest. Like, yeah, a lot of people want to invest. That's all right. I, I, I appreciate that. So I just, I, respect that. I just signed up for that. I'm so excited to to do it. I, like, I bought it full price and everything. I'm pumped. Uh, the second thing, another cool product that I've been fooling around with. Well, we'll do actually three. The the second one is Descript. Have you seen Descript? Yeah, we've talked about it. So Descript is kind of like um, editing software for like you you record something audio or video and then it like transcribes it automatically and then if yeah. you if you delete a piece of text from the t- t- transcription, it deletes that part of the video, which is like magic. It's amazing. I've been playing with this for my YouTube so stuff. Wh- what do you do with it? All right. So you film a video. Let's say I film a 10-minute video. It uploads the video and automatically transcribes it. And so I edit the video by editing the transcription like a Google Doc. And so I could copy and paste and move stuff around, and that edits the video. It's amazing. It's 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 almost trans transformative because it change when I think about what I'm gonna film, I think about like the the narrative like right. a story is just a long narrative and it's harder to think in video clips. It's much easier to think in trans in, in text. It's super cool and so I actually think this company they raised money recently at a two hundred million dollar valuation. I actually think oh, this wow. is a company that's going to be significantly larger than it is now and it, well, like it's going to be pretty epic. The guy who started it also started a Groupon. Yeah, was him Andrew um, Mason. Mason, uh, he's dope. Also, the best part about Andrew Mason that I respect is he he starts Groupon. Groupon goes on this crazy run where it's like at, at that point in time it was like the hard, hottest startup in the world, copied by like every fucking you know every Joe Schmo was copying Groupon. Groupon like raises all this money. It ends up going public. Then it kind of like it, you know then the world turns against groupon it's like this is not not a good business it's not going to work people are pulling out it's it's still i think like a billion dollar company but like you know it lost its its shine and he was in chicago i think and then he quits or whatever he gets fired he wrote, i think he he got fired i think he wrote something really hilarious, hilarious. did he write something really funny so on the he, way out he wrote like an email he ben, goes pull that up he goes today i'm paraphrasing he's like today's my last day i've been fired you probably know why 
Like, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. It, you know the, the video I made making fun of that CEO who botched the uh, yeah. the the layoffs. This was the opposite. This is the CEO who like who got it, who gets it. Um, and so he, yeah, he wrote this like letter. I was fired today. Then he takes a year off and he creates an album, <laughs> a music album, like a rap album of him just, and he's not good, but it's hilarious. We should pull up one of the, one of the, the videos of his, uh, his like rap album or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and he releases that. And then he like came back with Descript and it started off as this like walking tour thing, which was amazing by the way, editor. the walking tours were amazing. I bought a lot of them. It was really cool, but like not that good of a business because how, right. I mean, I was a super fan, but like most people, you're never going to do this. And if you do, you're going to do one in your life. Uh, but yeah, exactly. It, like that, by the way, what a great lesson. The walking tour was like, uh, what people should do and like makes them like be, be more active and like learn things in the world. And then Descript is like, Hey, it's like, products that make make you make it easier to be lazier it's like hey you know editing video is hard let's make it easier for you so descript i've been playing with it i think it's called descript i've been calling it descript unless it's descript so sorry uh awesome under the radar (laughs) cool and then the last thing i'm going to tell you about that's kind of interesting so storyworth so sean or ben go to storyworth.com this is a crazy fascinating thing very simple product i actually knew the guy nick he started it i shared an office with him and he's still i believe the only employee and it's kind of cool. It's very simple. When I logged in or when I used it years ago, all it was is you pay like $100 a year or $200 a year, and it sends emails to family members that you sign up, and it asks them about certain memories. And it asks them so much over the course of a year that at the end of the year, if a lot of your family members have answered some of your prompts, you now have a book describing their childhood. So it'll be like my, I sent it to my Aunt Debbie, and she was like, a question, I, I don't remember all the questions, but it was something like, what's the best memory of your father before you were 10? And she was like, you know, on Halloween, right. we did this thing. And and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm learning about my family. And at the end, I printed out this book. Super fascinating. And it's super fascinating um, because it's a one-person business. It's just him. And, right. and it's really simple. It's very easy. And I love that ancestry stuff so much. Like, I'm a big fan of that. Um, anyway, that's all I... Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I, um, uh, I've never used something like this. So isn't it kind of a lot of work for the other person to like write an answer? Like, yes. I feel like people don't like to do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you get what well, you get one a week and you spend like 10 minutes journaling, yeah, it's work. But I like told my aunt, I was like, Hey, this is important to me. And she, after a while she was like, Oh, I kind of like doing this. I, I'm remembering a bunch of stuff. It's a lot of work. Right. We had done a version of this or th- there's a version of this. That's like, uh, I think a little easier, which was, um, I don't know if you remember, I had, when I, I had my mom over, uh, she and was you did like a podcast with her and I recorded yeah. a podcast with her and the podcast was so much easier. Cause really all they had to commit to was like one time, Hey, let's sit down and talk. And you get this hour long thing with their voice and they don't have to like, people will get pretty intimidated at having to write something. There's this pressure internally to like, uh, do yeah. good writing. I think school like traumatizes the shit out of people. And, um, this podcast thing worked great i did it i had an amazing podcast with my mom i recommend anybody you don't need to be a podcaster by the way like this i don't publish this anywhere but it's just a memory i'll always have and it was a conversation that i wouldn't have otherwise had more importantly like i don't even know if i'll ever go back and listen to this maybe someday on that really horrible day yeah like you know when she she passes away like I'll, i'll be happy i have this but more importantly it was like so much of life is um so surface level and like we're just talking a like we're just talking about me and my life all the time be like if i'm talking to her it's about like what we're doing today or whatever i realized i do very very little about 
like her and her family and her, what made her her and like her upbringing um because you know i don't know that's just shit in the past and so um and even she forgot a lot of these things and in the conversation it all was coming flooding back to her so i recommend everybody do that with their parents uh like just sit them down and record one hour thing and i can share like the questions i asked or whatever but it really doesn't matter to be honest with you have you done ancestry or 23 and me i've never done it no they're awesome so 23 and me is awesome ancestry's I think cooler because I've spent hours on it, like building up my family tree. 23andMe, I've thought about getting it for, I have it and I've thought about buying it this Christmas for my family members. The reason I'm not, I may not do it. Have you heard of this thing called GED match? No. What's that? Uh, have you heard of the Golden State Killer? <laughs> no. Okay. So in the 1970s, there was I this thought that's guy what they call who, you. Yeah, that was my nickname in high school, Golden State Killer. Uh, in the in the 1960s, 70s, and I think 80s, there was this guy who basically like raped like 50 women, and then he murdered eventually like 20 of them. Like he was a serial killer, and uh, he got away with it for years. No one knew who it was. And Patton Oswalt's wife, Patton Oswalt, the comedian, his wife who recently died, right before she died, published her like master work, her life's work. And it was about the Golden State Killer and how he's never got, been caught. And it renewed interest. And then the FBI got all into it because all the press. And they eventually used this website called GE. It's public. It's like a, anyone can use it. It's like an open source website. And it analyzes all of the uh, information from 23andMe, Ancestry, and e like all that stuff. It, all the database stuff. And they found, they put his DNA, the Golden State Killer's DNA, which they had, into this GED match thing. And they realized that the daughter of the killer or like they were like, well, this is so aligned. It must be like the daughter or the granddaughter of the killer recently signed up for 23andMe. And so they stake out this guy's house. They dig through his garbage. They find, they go, boom, got him. And that's how they arrest him. And they arrested him when he was like no 80 and way. dying. And if you Google Golden State Killer, you'll see like these pictures of this old man and they got him because he got away with it for so long. But eventually they brought him to justice. And now they've caught many dozens, maybe even hundreds of killers or rapists this way, which is good, but it's kind of scary. And so you could, <laughs> so I was going to say, so you're, you're worried about this. Why, why is this worrying? You? I'm, you're because like, it's being used for don't good. Want to get grandpa in trouble. It's being used for good <laughs> now, but like you could see like, do I want to be in this database? Do I want to be yeah. in this database? And so this is one thing I'm a bit worried about. So you can go to GED Match and you can upload your results and it could tell you all types of stuff about your results. You could see uh, a lot of interesting stuff. And you could like, if you can somehow get the DNA from an FBI case, which I believe in some cases you can, you can like upload it. And there's like thousands of like these internet detectives using this database to solve crimes. It's kind of fascinating. It's wow. kind of interesting. And it's definitely a little scary. Wow. Is there like a subreddit for these, yeah. uh, you know, like sort of like public crime solvers? Yes, there is. And it's very, very interesting. And most of the time they're wrong. So like if you remember when the Boston, like the <laughs> Boston uh, right. marathon bombing, they like named like these like three guys and they, they kind of fucked with these guys lives. They, they, they didn't end up doing it, but everyone was certain on that subreddit and they're uploading pictures and they go, this guy works at this place. It wasn't them. They were wrong. Right. No one guessed it that it was the two actual guys. But this is a little bit different because it's DNA. But DNA isn't perfect. So it's like there's a, it'll say like there's a, um, this person is 5% related to this person. So it's like, all right, let's see what that is. So that could be like a distant cousin. And so you like track your way down to that and you build these family trees to figure out, oh, you know, it's kind of weird that like this 
matches this person and they're they also lived in the same area and so it's not perfect but it's like pretty good so anyway i thought that's why i may not get 23 and me <laughs> uh yeah i also know people who have gotten it and realized like their dad is not their real dad um and i think that that happened to a family member yes, of mine. i think that's a you know uh, you know, side effect to be aware of. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. A family member of mine, a family member of mine, found out that their parent had a, their parent cheated on the spouse and had a a, a kid, and so they logged on and they go, oh man, I've got a second brother or whatever, uh, yeah. you know, like a stepbrother or whatever, half brother, and uh, it changes shit. Yeah, I was gonna say without getting too personal that that. Uh, that has like that went they went public with it or they just kind of kept that information to themselves. No, 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 they did not go public with it, but it like was very. It was I don't know. They haven't talked about it with me too much, but it was. It seems like it was like a somewhat earth shattering. Yeah, there's a there's a thing that I've heard that goes on, which is um, people who uh, people who use sperm banks, so like a sperm donor, um, will take the or sorry, people who didn't realize that their parent had used a sperm donor or whatever, they will get the sequencing done or whatever, and they'll find out, like, oh, my God, I have 42, like, half-brothers or sisters out there. It's like, oh, oh this, yeah, this was a person who, um, you know, this is a person who donated a bunch, and then so, yeah, you actually do genetically share with all these different people. Um, like, wow, that's really crazy. So there's all kinds of, like, interesting stuff. And I think 23andMe their business model is to sell your data, right? Like, I think that is the core business model is they sell it's it to pharmaceutical up. companies yeah. for, um, you know, like the research or whatever. Like, I don't know if it's fucked up or if it's like this is for the good of science, but I don't think you really know or opt. It's not clear that, hey, it, like. It's not clear. Yeah, it's, it's not probably, I, it's I've definitely the terms, you know, but nobody's reading the terms. And so that's the problem. It's like, it's like a benevolent dictator. It's like, it's cool when they're making the trains run on time. It's not cool when they start killing people. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's good when it's good, and then it, but it could go bad really easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got? Do adventure um, book. All right. So this is another. So to me, the Miss Excel thing was one. This other thing I think is really interesting. So the adventure book. Let me tell you about this story. Have you heard? Do you know what this is? This product, the adventure book? I have no idea what it is. Ben, have you ever heard of this thing? Okay, all right, so you guys are also not on TikTok enough. This is like the number one ad on TikTok that I see. Uh, I don't know if I'm just in their market or they just run a shit ton of ads, but I've been seeing it for like a year. So basically, it's a it's kind of it's a book you buy, and it's like a high quality big book. And what it is is like there's a bunch of imagine like a scratch off like a lottery. So there's a bunch of things you could, a bunch of adventures that you could scratch off. So you open the book to a random adventure, you scratch it off, and it reveals a thing you're gonna go do. Like it might be. Um, uh, like, I don't know, I've, I've never bought the book. So like, you know, bad example, but like, you know, you're going to go into a store today and you're give out 10 compliments to people in the store or uh, you're going to go streaking around your neighborhood or whatever, like a, an adventure, a thing you can go do. And um, so this idea and, and, and they pair with it like a camera. So you you're supposed to take a Polaroid of you doing it. So it becomes a scrapbook. So on one side, it triggers you to go do something that you've never done or that's like, you know, get you out of your comfort zone. Uh, and then it gives you the ability to capture it and paste, you, you glue the photo in and it becomes this memory book of all your adventures, like cool kind of novel idea. So I'd seen this and I was like, oh, that's a cute idea. That's a novel idea. What I didn't realize is that this is a hundred million dollar business. 
that was created in the last like two years. So how do I know this? You know, like for the podcast, I don't know if you get these emails, but I definitely do. Um, there's a bunch of people that have like booking agents and we get all these emails, which is like, Hey, Sean, love my first million. Um, have you thought about having, you know, Joe, Joe on? And you're like, you know, it's like, Oh, first they're, they're complimenting me. So I like open it and I'm like, it's like, I don't want to be a, a member of any club that will have me, <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's how I feel about the guest thing. So normally I write all these off, but this one caught my eye, which was, they said, would you like to have Brian Ellis on? He is a high school dropout, now owns a $100 million business called The Adventure Challenge. And I was like, it's like that that adventure book thing? And he, and so I replied, I go, $100 million, no way. That sounds high. And she goes, yeah, like it's been incredible. They've grown, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just to clarify, I'm like, $100 million cumulative revenue, annual revenue? What are you saying here? And, uh, and so she goes, yeah, like... The, 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 they'll do 85 million in revenue this year and they have a few big bigger partnerships that distribution partnerships that will get them over a hundred um like in the next year and you know so the business is valued over a hundred million dollars um with 85 million in revenue and i was like what the fuck and so i go and i start researching this and so here's the story so this guy bryant he's um I, so I couldn't confirm the high school dropout part. I don't know if that was just like some post-fact shit, like, like to make this sound better, but like, let's assume it's true. So uh, high school dropout, I think his job was, he had some job, which was like, he was a skyscraper inspector. So he's like, you know, some low man on the totem pole doing a job he didn't love. And he's like, all right, I'm just doing this for the money. He wanted to make a business. Like he just, he's like my whole life. I just always been, I always have ideas and, and um, you know, I wanted to come create a product. He's like, so I'm doing this job. And I had this idea to do, um, to do this like adventure box. So his original idea was take a machine, uh, create a box, like a machine, and um, you push a button and it's like, zzz, like prints out a receipt. The receipt is like the adventure you're gonna go on. So you get like a random adventure that comes out. Cool idea, right? And um, and so that was the original idea. And he's like, ah, just tells a couple people about it. And they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. And he's like, great, but he's just doing his job and he hasn't really you know figured out exactly how to do it or whatever. Um, and he's like, he's like, okay, but he, he's, he's, he, everything's like on hold until he gets fired from his job. He like, uh, he, he makes a mistake. They think he committed fraud. His boss is like, no, 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 this is an honest mistake. But either way he gets fired. He's like, all right, shit. Um, what do I want to do? So he decides, I want to go to acting school. So he's like, I'm going to go to acting school, but I need to pay for life. So he's like, I need to create a side hustle. That's going to make me $2,000 a month. That's my goal. And he's like, he's like, what about that adventure box challenge thing? And he's like, the idea over the course of a few months had had like evolved and he's like, all right, what if it was actually like a book that you could scratch off the adventure? Um, and so he tells a couple of people about it and they're like, that's actually a cool, really cool idea. You should do it. And so he goes to Hobby Lobby and he buys some paper, some of the scratch off material. And he, and he's like, buys a he goes to a different story, buys a camera and he's like, starts coming up with this idea. And he basically spends six to eight months prototyping this idea because nobody had really done a like kind of like um, an adventure style scratch off book before. So he's like creating an actual physical product. And so he's like, um, he has this idea and he um, he's just keeps telling people about it. And so he. Um, he gets to the point where he's prototyped the idea several times. And there's videos I found online of like, he's creating a vlog while he's doing it. He's like, all right, it's uh, 11 PM, April 1st. Uh, I just caught this really cool material for the scratch off. I really like this one, but I'm having trouble with the bindings, you know? And he's like, so maybe I'll try this other thing tomorrow. 
and then like he has the next video you know a week later he's like okay i figured out the bindings part and now i need to figure out this other thing i love seeing the the start the early stages of these ideas so he creates a, a kickstarter he's like i'm gonna do a kickstarter it's gonna be great i want to raise ten thousand dollars for this book and uh Kickstarter goes live. He makes $1,300 the first day. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm the man. He you know, goes to a coffee shop. He's strutting in. He's like, I made $1,300 today. I don't know about you guys. I'll take, you know, your best. Give me your finest coffee. And uh, he's like, all right, we're, we're, you know, we're already 13% of the way to the goal. Let's keep going. But day two, $400. Day three, $0. And like the Kickstarter like runs out of steam. He's like, shit. I was kind of just banking on this going viral and now it's not viral. So what now? And so he's like, all right, basically he's going to throw in the towel. Cause he's like for, for, for only $1,700, I can't even get the quality of book made that I want. Uh, maybe I'll just quit. So he's like, I need to get a job to pay for life. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm out of money. And so he's like, he's like, Oh, maybe I'll contact my buddy. I don't forget his name, but Ben, my, my buddy, Ben to, uh, to get a sales job. He has like this company I can do sales. Uh, so he calls him up. He gets a sales. He's like, I want to do a sales job. I want to do it for one year and I'm just saving up money. So I can go back out there and build a product. And the guy's like, all right, cool. That's fine. Like you're upfront about it. Like I'm down with that. Let's do it. So he gets a sales job there. And while he's there, he's telling people at work this idea. He can't shut up about the idea. And, um, and the guy there was like, you know, have you tried ads? He's like, oh, dude, nobody clicks ads. Like ads, like or ads, like ads are scams, basically. Like that was his mentality at the time. And the guy's like, no, like that's how we grow our business. Like, you know, you should try. So he puts a little money into ads. He's like, I, I don't know if it worked or not, but like, you know, I got this like 10x ROAS. And the guy's like, what? what? <laughs> like, no way. And he's like, yeah, like people really like the, the ad or whatever. And so the guy, he partners with his buddy, the guy who hired him. And he, so I'm fast forwarding some parts of the story, but basically he ends up leaving. That guy partners with him. That guy's like, look, we're going to grow this thing through ads. And, um, and they basically run a shit ton of TikTok ads, Facebook ads, whatever. And they've grown this thing to now 85, if, if this is true, $85 million in sales. They've sold about 2 million copies of this book. It's like a $40 book, which is like, you know, something 70, something million dollars in sales. If you do the math and, um, and yeah, what an adventure. And now they have like a couple's book. So you're like, 50 fun adventures to go on with your date. They have a, a family book. Here's some things to do with your family, a friend's book, and then a by yourself book. And um, yeah, it's kind of amazing. I am into these notebooks. I told you I use one of these best self co, right? Yeah, but that's different. Th that doesn't have like a, pro it's it doesn't different. get you to go do things in the real world. It does. It does. The, the one I use, I use like a relation. Gotcha. We use like a marriage one. And so I'm into this. This guy's amazing. How old is he? Uh, he seems very young. So I don't know how old he is. Um, he looks like he might be 25, Dude, this is 30 uh, max. I don't know. I think these box things are cool. We talked about one that was doing like $100 million in revenue. And it was, um, remember it was that like catch a, catch a criminal box. You remember that? Oh, what was that? that what is that one? That's a... Um... Is it a true that crime? That was amazing. Thing? It was it was a true crime thing. It was thirty dollars a month, and they send a you a box and you story. solve a crime with your friends. It's so good. It was so fun. And this is in that same world. I think it's cool to like. It feels special to me to order something and to like see a physical, get a physical thing. And uh, I'm into it. I think this is badass. This I is like so that awesome. true crime one better than this because that's a repeat. Uh, that's like a recurring one, where it'll have more repeat yeah. purchase than this. Um, it's so fun. And uh, I do one, I, I buy this thing called Kiwi for my niece, which is like, it sends her like kind of like a science fair project, basically. It's like, here's a kit, you're going to build a like, 
uh, a little like mini tractor. It's sort of like Legos or whatever, but it's not like one specific thing. Or sorry, it is one specific thing. Um, it's like, here's, you learn about electricity through this little like box every month. And it's not great, but it's good enough. And like, she loves it. So now if I cancel, I have the guilt of like her not getting the toy she wants. And so I'm like, I'm going to just keep this $20 subscription forever, I, I guess. I'm on board with this. I think this is awesome. I think, who, by the way, whoever's making clips, this should be the clip uh, that you make. This guy's stories, like, I was enthralled. This is amazing. Wow. Um, all right. What else? What else you want to do? I have a uh... keep going. Okay. I have a segment. It's not even a full segment. It's just uh, the start of a segment. I think this one might be bad, but let's try it. Uh, I basically pretend I'm drunk and then this will be like, ah, oh, it's pretty good for a drunk guy. Um, I have a bunch of half baked TV show do, ideas. Do, do you even drink? Uh, I'll drink. You know, if the occasion calls for it, I'll drink, but not regularly. No. Um, okay. But I want to pretend I was drunk when I came up with this list because it's kind of just like a random ass list of weird ideas. So these are half-baked TV show ideas, okay? Uh, this is for the, you know, the producer who listens to the show, the Netflix guy who listens to the show. Uh, you're welcome in advance. I want to get your reaction to my concepts, okay? I'm going to pitch you three ideas. Uh, I don't know if you have any any TV show ideas, but I'm going to pitch you three. Okay. Okay, go. The first one is called Frat You. Um I love, I don't know if you've seen um, the football one that's on, oh my God, what's it called? There's like a, a football one called uh, something on Netflix. It's like one of their original shows that uh, basically follows a, 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 a junior college football team around. And um, uh, it's like, here's the coach, here's the players. And it like picks six players. And it's like, you kind of get emotionally invested in their story. There's a Formula One show that's just like this. It's like, here's these six drivers you get invested in their yeah, it's amazing. Their, their story. There's a cheerleading version of this that I watched. I think it's called Cheer. I don't know what it's called exactly, but it's like, here's this the the best cheer college. Bro, you know that that was like, you know that that was like the most popular show, and it's not like something you discovered. <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty you know uh, good curator here, so so I don't know. But a lot of people didn't watch the show because it's like, why would I watch a cheer? Have you heard show? of this thing called Squid Games? <laughs> So I signed up for the service called Netflix. It's pretty great. Uh, all right. So this same model, I think it'll be applied to a whole bunch more topics. The one I'm surprised at is why is there not a reality show just inside one of the craziest frats in America? Because you know that they would basically go all out, sell out to make the show entertaining because they want the fame. Well, but I think it's a faux pas. Have you ever talked to like an 18 year old man? They're woke. No, dude. Are no, they, that's are they into that's frats? just like the that's like the 18 year old who's like talking to old people like us. Most 18 year olds don't interact with people like us. And they're like very normal and just trying to have a good time in college. They're not like are frats. Even, are frats popular? You think I would think they are going down. Dude, like frats significantly. are super popular because it's a bubble. Like when you go to a college, it's like in such a little bubble it's not really affected by like the way the world is changing uh you don't have to you're not you're not you're not convincing me i understand the value but i i didn't even i just thought that like with everything going on that it was like a faux pas nah dude i bet if you go to arizona state or you go to like you know wherever you know georgia do you think they give a shit about like you know wokeism and they're disbanding the frats hell no they are have you seen doubling down there's there's these there's these girls on TikTok that do this challenge, I, or not this challenge, but I forget what it's called. If you're a TikTok guy, you probably know, but uh, Sarah showed it to me. It's these girls who are like pledging. I think is that what it's called? Yeah. I, I wasn't part of that. Uh, where you, I don't know what you do. It's like you, it's like a tryout, and they always <laughs> talk about what they're wearing. I'm an I'm a I'm an old man, and I was a, a dork. I wasn't part of a frat, 
but they like talk about the clothes that they're wearing to their their like pledge ceremony things like that and it's gone very viral on video uh and what's on so notable about the clothes them. they're wearing i don't know but it's just funny it's just hilarious because like don't you know how like in the south and like at old miss and stuff like that the the sororities do these uh like yeah, yeah. They all like i went to a southern exactly college yeah yeah for sure like like they all the, like it's all me, like the blonde hair girls they all look exactly alike and they dress exactly alike and that's like the joke is they like show like what they're wearing at duke you weren't even allowed to throw a party if you weren't a frat or sorority like they literally were like you better join this shit or uh you don't get to have a social life <laughs> dude it's it's weird it's so weird to me that's so weird also whenever i go to one of these frats i'm like this is disgusting i don't want to live <laughs> with like a bunch of dudes or alcoholics and there's like 80 of them in this crappy house and there's beer shit like now, taped dude. on the wall. How about you when you Ugh. were like getting drunk all dude, the time? Even back then. <laughs> but even back then, I'm like, this is filthy. I want to get I drunk by myself in a I don't clean wanna, place. Well, I just don't want to be around a bunch of like degenerates all the time. Oh, okay. Well, you're alone in that. I would love to uh, go back and experience college again. I think it was a great time. And living in one of these houses was, yes, messy, but fun. Anyways, point is... You go to a party school, you go to Ole Miss, you go to Georgia, you go to, you know, Santa Barbara or whatever, and it's frat you, and you basically just follow around with a king alpha frat. You go inside the house, and you pick the five characters who are the, fun, you know, they got, they're going to have all the elements of a great TV show. They're going to have relationship drama. They're going to have infighting. They're going to have camaraderie with the boys. They're going to have a hazing and a, and a, a pledge process that's going to be controversial and get them to do all kinds of outrageous stunts. It's all baked in. The show basically writes itself. You got to have like, like one guy questioning his sexuality. Exactly. And comes out. And he's another he's guy who he's only afraid grew up they're not going to accept him, but they accept him. There's the, the person who gets canceled for doing something racist or sexist or something like that. It's got all the elements. And then you could just hop from school to school and the schools would be excited. Oh shit. Frat U is coming. We got to represent because, you know, Georgia looked like they had a good time. So now all of a sudden Clemson is like, Oh, you think Georgia was hardcore? Look how we party. Look how we do our thing. I think this is a no-brainer franchise that somebody needs to create, and uh, you could put me down as executive producer. All right, next. Back okay. basic to Basic baller. to baller. Okay, what is this? Um, I recently met somebody. I'm going to do a separate episode of this, but I recently met somebody who was uh, completely um, like middle class or a little lower middle class. Like didn't have any money. All their, all their tastes were that of a basic person, right? They... They didn't shop at Whole Foods. They shopped at Kroger, right? They didn't. Uh, they didn't eat like fancy stuff. They ate, you know, like McDonald's and stuff like that. They um, they didn't drive a fancy car. They drove like a Camry and like okay, so that was their like taste buds. So I thought, what if you had a show where you just give a really basic person fuck you money and they get to go ball out and you get to see their reaction because already shows where people ball out, uh, like like you know whether it's like kind of like a million dollar listing or it's like. Uh, selling sunset or it's like kardashians it's like it's nice to see the lifestyles of the rich and famous people like that but those people also there's that genre of lifestyles of the rich and famous from people who are already rich and famous and sort of like you know snobby and, and materialistic okay that already exists what about somebody what if you transformed somebody you gave them the cinderella treatment they went from the you know the bottom to the top suddenly and they're now just discovering all these things for the first time hilarity ensues okay that's my second let pitch. me make it let me put a twist Please. on it i actually think that you could do this or someone listening could actually do this immediately via a youtube series so in 2005 there was a documentary called reversal of fortune 
It was on Showtime. It was amazing. And the question was, what would a homeless person do if they were given $100,000? And so they found this homeless guy. They gave him $100,000. And they show him going to like a hotel for the first time and sleeping in a bed for the first time. And he's like, I don't like this. And he sleeps on the floor of the hotel because he's like, it's not comfortable sleeping on this bed. And they give him $100,000. And it ends not good. So he spends all of his money on women. He buys a, a $35,000 truck. And this is like 35000 of the hundred grand, And basically blows through all the money. And he does get a job, but he like all the money is gone on basically partying. And uh, at the end of the movie, he's only got five grand left. And he's sleeping at his sister's house. Uh, but okay. I actually Ends think... not great you, for him, dude, but sounds like great TV to me. <laughs> it was great TV. I was watching it the whole time. So... Uh, I think what could be what 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 you should do is just get a hundred thousand dollars and do a YouTube series on this. You, I think you can make your money back in ad revenue. That's uh, that's, so that's how hilarious. I, would, that's, I think that's I, I think if this. you did it with a homeless person, you might get some blowback now. Uh, so you know, yeah, not with a homeless person, but like you know, like what what would happen if like you know a a someone who's in need or doesn't have much is given a given a yeah, lot. Yeah, and I think it kind of needs to be temporary, like. Uh, you know, so, you know, with like Pimp My Ride, you know, Exhibit shows up at the door and then like your life just sort of changes overnight um, or like, you know, Wife Swap or whatever, where it's a very short period of it's like a month or something like that. I think you need to let them ball out and then let them return back to reality. Um, and and you see that that sort of the yo-yo of emotions between them. OK, so that's my, my second one. OK, third one. Very easy show. I just need a show that's background noise. Are you a background noise kind of guy? Do you just have something on? Cause it just feels better to have something on. Uh, in our, when we had a physical office, we had, a, we had white noise machines throughout the office and I enjoyed <laughs> that babies to sleep. Uh, or what were you doing? <laughs> it was so you could have like hard, com- like if you wanted to have a conversation in a conference room and for it not to bleed through the walls. Right. Uh, and it was for those for difficult like, newsletter with- conversations. <laughs> yes. Or like when you have like an open office plan, you put it in like pods of desks. Right. So then like the people eating lunch don't bother you. Uh, now I keep the fan on. Well, you, you're also like a music video guy, right? I remember we were at your house. You were just throwing up like on Apple TV, like a bunch of music videos. I have music videos playing uh, throughout okay, the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the behavior I'm talking about. I think that Netflix does not cater. Does anyone else do that? You don't do that? You don't have okay, music so I don't personally do playing? that, but my wife, she'll always put like friends on. I'm like, dude, you're watching friends? And she's like, no, I'm not like, I'm not watching. I'm like, why do you have it on? Can I, can I turn it off? No, no, no. I like, I like having it on. And it's like, yeah. She doesn't like if there's like kind of like an empty home feeling. And also it's this comfort safety blanket where it's like, I already have seen all the episodes. And this is why the office and friends are such valuable catalogs because people just put them on and they can only pay 10% or 20% attention to it. And 80% can be on the thing they're trying to do. And they can just glance up and, you know, see certain parts, but then they just don't, it's a low maintenance show. And when you go on Netflix today, so much of it is high maintenance attention. Uh, it's like, oh, here's this intense story about this bank heist. And that's great when you want like a Friday night intense drama. But I think they're underserving the background noise. And I also learned this at Twitch because when I was at Twitch, we looked at some of the data uh, about the usage data. And somebody was pointing out like, oh, yeah, like X percent. I can't say the exact percent, but like a significant percent of the viewing time is um, when it's not the tab that's in the forefront on people's computer. And I was like, Oh, so we should just like throw that out. Right. Like they're not even watching. They just like accidentally left it open. And I was like, why is it such a high percentage? Do we have some bug that like it stays open in the background in some weird way? They're like, no, this is actually the use of like all the developers. Like, what are you talking about? The developers who actually like use Twitch all the time. They're like, 
This is how I use Twitch all the time. Like I'm coding. I just have it on in the back. I'm just yeah. listening to it. I'm like, you're listening to somebody play video games? Like if there's one thing weirder than watching somebody play video games, it's listening to somebody play video games. Like, no, I just like it as like a ongoing background stream. It's kind of my favorite streamer and I don't really need to pay attention to it, but I'll hop in if something, if I hear something cool happening, I was like, holy shit. So there's this big genre of background entertainment that I think you, if you specifically tried to make in, make um, background entertainment, you could create some really successful franchises. So yeah. can I, can I, can I tell you something that validates this? So, you know, chive chive.com. Um, I think it's just like a news website or something. I don't really know much about it. A little bit. It's like basically Barstool, but a, di a slightly different demographic, okay. but mostly the same. And they created this thing called Chive TV. And so what they did was they uh, would, in, they're based in Austin. They basically gave a little Amazon Fire Stick to a bunch of bars in Austin. And they said, you could have this stick for free. And on this stick is basically, we're going to put loads and loads of different clips of basically like America's Funniest Home Videos. Basically guys getting hit in the balls and like funny bar stuff that you don't actually need any sound to understand or to get like pleasure right. from. And so it was like silly stunts, guys jumping off skyscrapers and like skydiving and stuff. And they eventually spun this off and they created this business called Atmosphere. And this was making tens of millions of dollars in revenue pre-pandemic, I believe. They raised tens of millions of dollars at like a $200 million valuation. And they would give these, these, these uh, fire sticks to like loads of different people. And then eventually you could just download this app and they would fulfill the, uh, put content in the pipe and then put ads on it. And that's how they made all their money. And they go, look, advertisers, you're reaching all of these bars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, bars is a great one, right? That's like perfect background, background entertainment. Uh, all right, so those are my three TV show pitch ideas, half-baked ideas. Uh, do you have any ideas? Is there a show that you think could exist or would exist or should exist? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. No, but level, so one that has caught my eye, YouTube, uh, on YouTube, CNBC is doing something that I think is actually amazing. It's called Millennial Money. Stupid name. And the branding's really dumb. But what they do <laughs> is the they convince sucks. these. <laughs> no, the, the, the idea is cool, though. My friend Steve was on it the other day. They convince these people and they say like, and the titles are like, here's how we live on a million dollars a year in Silicon yeah. Valley. Here's how we live on $40,000. Here's how we live on $150,000. Uh, and I've also seen They're Kevin awesome. O'Leary reacts to them. Have you seen this? That's what they, they that's, and that's how they also double down awesome. on it. I think it's a great series. I think they're missing the mark though. But even though they're missing the mark, it's still quite good. And so I've always thought that uh, for uh, different stuff, I was like, what you, what you should do is get, you could do it one of two ways. I've always thought what you could do is you could maybe have a podcast or get actors and they like, I bet you if I sent out a survey and I've done this before, we did this at the hustle. We sent out a survey, we posted it on hacker news and we got like 3000 people to tell us how much money they have in their checking account, how much they have in investable assets, how much they spend each month. And then just like a comment box and they like leave comments. And if you search like the hustle founder bank account, it'll like we, we did an article on it. And people would give us all their information. And it was all anonymous, though. And it, was, and, and, and it was pretty great. And I always thought it would be interesting to where we can do a podcast where I just ask these people questions and then I'll hire a voice actor just to read them. Right, 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 right. I like that. Uh, I also really like that survey kind of idea because people people are very willing to share because they have no, no cost. Them. It's anonymized. It's, you know, it's not being publicly shared that it's their their information. But people really benefit from seeing what the aggregate is doing. Uh, so we talked about this with salaries, with levels.fii, as well as 
somebody heard the thing for levels and then they made it for do you know about the story someone heard our podcast yeah. about levels they made it for doctors for doctors and then it got acquired yeah. by levels and <laughs> so they now work at oh it got acquired it got acquired they got acquired maybe is a better way to phrase it like those guys now are like wow. you know like doing their thing at levels um he's like dude thanks for like that idea it led me to like a, a it got me off the path i was on i built something cool i got to learn from that and then i got a sweet opportunity at levels through that um so but but there's another one that's going viral right now that's like i think 175,000 tech workers have put their stuff into this spreadsheet yeah i've seen that what's that called it's literally just a google, it's sheet, a google sheet it's like it's broken because it, it has too many rows now um like nobody can like use it they like they, they're like asking for excel experts to like help them you know like f- format this so that they they don't lose the data but like people can still put their stuff in i saw that they're basically doing it because they want to end pr- uh like like maybe if you're a minority or something at facebook you're like i don't know if i'm getting fucked right. here <laughs> can everyone please enter their salary anonymously so i know like is this fair or not fair yeah and that's how it got started. And so people were like rallying behind it and, and it went viral. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. That's all I got for today. I got a couple other ideas, but I'm going to save them. All right. I think that was a good one. Benjamin, what do you, uh, what do you think of this one? G- give it a grade. This was an A. Um, this was an A minus. <laughs> Okay, walk me through that. It was an A. It was an A, it was an a it because a it was good top to bottom. Like, all of it was good. And then I decided to add the minus at the end because it was missing, uh, like, a hose water Sam moment. Like, it didn't have anything that I was, like, rolling on the floor laughing or anything like that. So I, I docked it to a minus. Dude, it's because my freaking camera's screwing up. It, it knocks me off my flow so much. I can't stand it. Um <laughs> Apparently, so I did. So I, some people say we're funny, which shocks me. And uh, like the other day, Noah was like, "You have to take notes dur- about reading a book." And I'm like, "Dude, I just read a book about like the Navy SEALs. Like, what you am I supposed to take notes about how like Bin Laden was shot in the head?" <laughs> and uh, like, apparently, people wrote in the comments they like when we say dumb stuff like that, and that <laughs> shocks me. Uh, when people say they me. listen, I'm like, I'm like, really? So I don't know if you're just I, doing anyway, that thing where I, it's like fake, fake humble, like, oh, God, shucks. I didn't know that guy. Like, cause <laughs> no, I think it's like, funny. Like, I think it's funny. I think most you're people. funny. I think you're funny as a group. I would say we're like mildly funny, but I wouldn't say funny is an attribute that I would like give this I, show. I, th- I think it's funny. Find it funny. Um, and I think you're way funnier. Also, I, I even texted you this cause you would, you had sent me something that was so funny. And I was like, dude, you're funny. <laughs> no you said a left-handed compliment you're like i don't think a lot of people understand this but you're pretty funny like i made a joke the other day someone posted a picture with them with their arm or it was just like a headshot of them with apollo anton ono the ice skater and i was like i don't know who that is it's someone says that's apollo anton ono i'm like oh sorry i didn't recognize him without his skates on. yeah yeah there's like little comments like that and no one laughed at it and i was like guys that's hilarious I, that was funny that was funny i, I should have given you a laugh because that was that was a good one um and uh, yeah, so I think we're funny. You have a, a you're blunt, which is that's funny in itself, right? You just you just say something, and uh, you don't hedge, which is like makes it even funnier because everybody fucking hedges nowadays. So you don't hedge or apologize, which is hilarious, and um, and then you have some good like kind of phrases or one liners that that hit. Well, I'll take it. So Ben, a minus, but we'll try to get some hose water yeah, stuff. Yeah, but 
people are still calling people tweet at me it. and call me hose water I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right we're out of here